0: You are in tune to KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, KUCI.org on the internet, and uh, today we're taking a look at the criminalization of homosexuality around the globe. With recent court and legislative victories, the United States appears to be moving slowly forward in recognizing the rights of gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgendered communities. Yet, sadly, homosexuality continues to be criminalized throughout the world. Indeed, about 80 countries now criminalize homosexuality in one way or another, mostly in Africa and the Arab world. As a strategy of protest, a New York-based LGBT activist organization recently called for a boycott of goods, services, and travel to any country that criminalizes homosexuality. But are such boycotts an effective means to address the issue of homophobia while fostering change? Exactly what is the status of homosexuality around the world? And is there a role for the United Nations to play in decriminalizing same sex relationships? I'm joined on the telephone by a longtime gay rights activist and former member of the Netherlands Parliament. Boris Dietrich. And am I pronouncing your last name correctly? Yes, that's correct. Well, good morning, and thank you so much for joining us. Um, Why don't we begin, if you could give listeners uh, an overview uh, of the status of uh, the criminalization of homosexuality around the globe, exactly uh, how widespread are such laws?
1: Yeah, well, there are 77 countries in the world, and like you said, in the Middle East and in Africa, um, mostly, uh, that have criminalized homosexual behavior, so not uh, the sexual orientation in itself, but the behavior. Um, and then there are about eight countries in the world where there is even a death penalty on uh, homosexual conduct. Um, in many of those countries those l- laws are not really enforced, but uh, the police is using it to target uh, gay men, for instance. Sometimes they are bribed, sometimes they are arrested and then released. So although it doesn't lead to a conviction, a sentence, a prison sentence, still those laws uh, play a role in everyday life of homosexual people. Uh, but in many other countries, those laws are really enforced, and I would like to give you the example of Senegal, where a group of nine men who attended an HIV-AIDS conference in Dakar, Senegal, in December, were arrested after the conference, after all the international guests, and I was one of them, uh, left Senegal to go t- back to their own country. Those nine men were arrested, and they were charged of um, uh, homosexual conduct because at a rate in one of the houses of those men uh, the police found leaflets from the conference and condoms so they said see you are homosexual and um, um, well you have been engaged in homosexual conduct and they these nine men uh, got a uh, received a prison sentence of eight years eight years imprisonment just for uh... being who you are now two weeks ago uh, in appeal, the, the uh, Supreme Court in Senegal decided to uh, acquit those nine men, and um, they, released their, um, they ordered their release. So they are now um, free men again but it was on a technicality it was not on a uh, principal issue it was not on principle and there's so much homophobia in senegal going on like in many other african countries that those nine men uh, are in hiding at this point because their names were published in newspapers so it's uh, for homosexual men lesbian women transgender people it's extremely difficult to live in those countries where Uh, uh, lawmakers have criminalized homosexual conduct. And it it sounds
0: that they make that silly distinction that you were talking about before, where they will claim that they're not criminalizing uh, homosexuality, they're simply criminalizing homosexual conduct. But I think as as the uh, situation in Senegal just pointed out, that even that uh, distinction, uh, which some might say is a distinction without a difference, even that distinction isn't being... uh, Really enforced? Yes.
1: no, that's that's correct. Most of those countries don't have in their uh, uh, penal code a uh, uh, law uh, stating homosexual conduct is uh, prohibited. But usually they uh, they say unnatural behavior um, is criminalized, and then of course this leaves a lot of room for the authorities to just arrest and uh, sentence people they don't like. What? Are the
0: history of these laws, and and I ask for a particular reason. I, I want to spend a couple minutes, uh, in a minute, focusing on uh, on Jamaica for for a number of reasons, but um, uh, in particular the the boycott against uh, Jamaican goods and services. But uh, t- to what extent are these throwbacks, as uh, some of your work has pointed out, to uh, to British uh, imperialism, and to what extent, say, in, uh, in Jamaican and, and African culture, is it linked to uh, Rastafarianism and uh, the Old Testament?
1: Well, as a matter of fact, Human Rights Watch wrote a report about the origin of sodomy laws, and uh, we discovered that actually in uh, many, many countries in the world, those sodomy laws are derived from uh, the British Victorian law which uh, criminalized unnatural behavior and so uh, it's very interesting to see that now politicians in those current countries that have criminalized homosexual behavior they say well this is unnatural it's against our tradition our, against our culture against our religion but actually The criminalization has been imported from the West, from uh, the U.K., and uh, so actually uh, the criminalization is something that is actually alien to those countries, although they don't really see it that way anymore. Now, also in Jamaica, uh, the uh, buggery law, as it is called, uh, is also derived from the uh, British, former British Victorian law. So, what
0: influence uh, is there fr- from, uh, or what what role does uh, Rastafarianism play in in uh, some of the the homophobia that is so um, so widely recognized in in Jamaica? And if you could tell our listeners just uh, a bit about that, and uh, I'm actually traveling to Jamaica this summer, so <laughs> I've got got a little bit of uh, of interest in this topic.
1: Yes, well. Uh, you know, uh, except from uh, the fact that the law in itself uh, is a derelict from a vi- Victorian ages, uh, of course there are also religious influences and local influences uh, that uh, reinforce homophobia. Now, Jamaica is a very tough country for uh, homosexual people to live in. Um, Human Rights Watch uh, reported on homophobia uh, in Jamaica. And we described, and I would like to give you this example because it's very compelling. Um, Once there was a homosexual man who died from AIDS, and his funeral was taking place in a church in Jamaica. This was about two years ago. And while the service was going on, and there were a lot of uh, gay friends of his attending his funeral service, uh, a mob... um, surrounded the church and started to throw stones and set fire to the church. So all the people who were mourning inside the church and the priest had to run outside and then there was a fight going on and the police came only very late and a lot of people got injured um, at that point in time and uh, this just shows how um, how homophobic people are. Um, now there is Uh, There are groups um, who are fighting homophobia from inside uh, Jamaica, and they see that there is slowly, slowly some improvement in the sense that when uh, main newspapers are reporting about incidents, they also ask for a comment of one of the um, uh, uh, gay groups um or human rights groups to comment on it so uh in the news you can see already slowly slowly that there is some opening for other opinions but still there are a lot of incidents going on and in your introduction you said that there is a new york group who announced that we should boycott uh uh, jamaican uh products because of uh, homophobia
0: and i wanted to get your opinion on that so uh please continue
1: Yes. Uh, Well, um, I was contacted by uh, people in uh, Jamaica itself, and they said, well, please don't, because, uh, first of all, why don't uh, people in the West, in this case in New York, why don't they uh, contact us first and consult us first? Because we are the ones living here. We have constant contact with politicians, but also with uh, employers, with businesses. So um, they think it's detrimental To have a boycott because actually one of those companies that uh, the boycott was called upon is actually uh, very much in favor of LGBT rights and sponsoring uh, the people in Jamaica so uh, they are very uncomfortable with it and they send out a public letter uh, asking people not to boycott uh, Jamaican businesses so I think it has almost something imperialistic of uh, New York Organizations announcing boycotts without even consulting the people on the ground in Jamaica. Hmm. I want to remind listeners,
0: they're in tune to KUCI in Irvine. This is Justice or Just Us. We're speaking with Boris Dietrich. He is a uh, longtime gay rights activist and uh, is now a uh, spokesperson with uh, Human Rights Watch focusing on LGBT issues. Uh, now, what's interesting... Uh, these these buggery laws that you mentioned. Well, let's just give a, a little bit more background. So, uh,
1: a buggery law is
0: uh, is what exactly?
1: Um, well, in uh, different Caribbean countries, uh, the the phrasing of such a law might be different, but they all come down to the point that unnatural behavior uh, is criminalized, and sometimes uh, homosexual conduct. Uh, Is explicitly mentioned, but sometimes it's just unnatural behavior. Um, And it means that uh, the police could uh, arrest people because they uh, assume that people have um, uh, shown unnatural behavior. And we know that in many Caribbean countries, unfortunately. Uh, homosexual conduct is still criminalized through those buggery laws and those laws are being enforced. Now there is some positive change in the sense that the Organization of American States um, and all the Caribbean countries are part of the OAS has uh, accepted last year a resolution calling for the end of discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity. So, uh, of course, those laws are not really complying uh, with um, the content of this resolution. But still, for uh, local uh, activists, it's a hook to start um, um, campaigning against those buggery laws.
0: And uh, it it's interesting to read uh that when, uh, you know, you talked about the, uh, the case in, uh, in Jamaica where people were actually attending uh, a funeral service, but there, there are uh, other uh, examples on uh, the Human Rights Watch uh, website, uh, which, of course, is hrw.org, where uh, when, when mobs are, are beating up uh, uh, gays and lesbians, th- the police refuse to intervene.
1: Yeah, and of course that's um, a violation of a human right because the state needs to protect its citizens and all citizens. Uh, so if uh, gay people are being attacked by other people, then uh, the police sh- should protect them. And uh, we have uh, discovered that in many cases the police either didn't show up or when they uh, showed up they sided with the attackers against Um, the victims, uh, or sometimes they protected the victims, but then it was already too late. So um, there have been conversations with the Jamaican police uh, in order to improve uh, the situation. Human Rights Watch also sent letters to the government and to the president of Jamaica. So uh, we are supporting local groups, local human rights groups like JFLAG, Uh, to uh, support them to um, get this situation changed. And there are some um, forces within the police force that really realize they have to do a better job. But uh, on the ground, we see still a lot of homophobia also within the police. And so that needs to be changed. Uh,
0: and uh, I know you've got a plane to catch, so uh, we'll try to wrap this up. But uh, just a, a couple more questions that I think really need to be focused on. It, it seems that if there's such fear of uh, homosexuality that there's probably a lot of uh, misconceptions about uh, homosexuality and uh, and perhaps a belief that uh, HIV-AIDS is uh, exclusively... Uh, a quote-unquote gay disease. What impact do do these laws and this this homophobia, what impact does it have on uh, AIDS awareness throughout uh, Africa and, uh, and Arab countries?
1: Well, these laws have a tremendous negative effect on uh, the fight against HIV-AIDS because when people realize, for instance, in a homosexual man, when he realizes that if he uh, goes to uh, medical personnel and he has to disclose his sexual orientation um, there might be a situation that uh, people will find out that he has had um, homosexual contacts so he puts himself at risk and therefore we see that in not only in jamaica but in all countries where uh, homosexual conduct has been criminalized uh, people don't really uh, seek medical attention or sometimes medical personnel is discriminating gay men uh, don't want to uh, treat them, help them. So it's very difficult uh, for AIDS workers to reach out and to uh, reach also the LGBT community. So uh, AIDS and other organizations like uh, WHO uh, have really called for decriminalization because it's also uh, very helpful in the fight against HIV-AIDS.
0: Tell listeners a bit, uh, we have your your bio uh, posted to the website, and uh, you have had quite a... Uh uh, a, a respectable career uh, dealing with the issues of, uh, of gay rights. You've been a long-time member of the Netherlands Parliament. Uh, what has it been like to be uh, an openly gay politician who, uh, who has accomplished so much?
1: <laughs> well, actually, um, I love my life. <laughs> and uh, when, when I was member of Parliament in the Netherlands and leader of my political party, Um, Actually, I've never in the Netherlands experienced discrimination. Uh, I was, uh, let's say, a mainstream politician. So it means that, uh, of course, I was um, working on LGBT issues, but also on other issues. So people didn't see me as a gay man, but as a politician. But um, I remember that when I started the discussion on opening up civil marriage for same-sex relationships, gay marriage, uh, this was in the 90s, the early 90s, uh, people thought I was crazy, and many people said to me, don't talk about that because it will ruin your career. But I said, but I think this is equal rights, and I, I believe in it, so I will just continue with this. So it took me many years to to persuade a majority in Dutch Parliament to support me and actually to support the bill. Um, But now that uh, in 2001 already, the Netherlands opened up its marriage for same-sex relationships, uh, there is a whole new generation who doesn't even know better. And I receive here in New York at the Human Rights Watch's headquarters a lot of Uh, Student groups from the Netherlands, and they are about 20 years old, 22, they come from the Netherlands to New York, and when I talk about the history of gay marriage in the Netherlands, they don't even realize that uh, before 2001, eight years ago, it was different. It's amazing how fast people adapt, adapt themselves to a new situation.
0: Well, this is a show about uh, activism as opposed to just diagnosing uh, or, or or identifying problems. So, if boycotts of uh, you know of, of countries and so forth isn't the way to go, uh, as someone who uh, who has kind of had one foot on both sides of the fences between uh, politician and activist, what do you recommend, uh, listeners? Uh, Try to do to uh, you know to change. Uh, I don't want to say change the international community because again you don't want this this kind of imperialist you know moral relativism or whatever it might yeah. be. But um, what can listeners do who uh, you know I, I yeah want yeah. to get
1: engaged uh, in the struggle against homophobia. Well. Uh, Every country is different, so there should be an, an analysis of uh, each country because an uh, a country in Africa which criminalizes homosexual conduct is might be completely different from Jamaica, for instance. Uh, so um, I think it's important that people in the West and in the north uh, communicate with people on the ground organizations on the ground in those countries. Uh, human rights groups, um, LGBT groups, and together um, make an analysis of the situation. And it might be that in a specific situation, a boycott uh, could be helpful to support the local groups in that country, but then it should be the local groups who have made the analysis that there is no other way uh, than a boycott to attract attention and to um, um get some influence on uh... the local policies and laws Um so i would advise people to uh, be really very careful and not out of good intentions uh, harm the work of the people on the ground because it could be very disruptive if local groups are already in contact with politicians in that country and then all of a sudden a western group is announcing a boycott it might uh, have a detrimental effect on the relationship of those groups with uh, policymakers in their country or with businesses. I, so I could imagine people boycotting the state of
0: California because of the uh, the terrible, uh, terrible decision on uh, or outcome of Prop 8. So. Uh, <laughs> you know, and and, and, and of course, uh, you know, polls immediately afterward pointed out that uh, a lot of Californians didn't understand that yes on Prop Eight meant no on gay marriage and no yeah. on Prop. 8. So I mean, yeah. you, you have to really. Uh, it was confusing. That's yes. true. Uh, finally, um, what role, if any, is there for uh, organizations like the United Nations? Uh, what is the international covenant? On civil rights and political rights and do you know for someone who who has uh, been both on the activist side with Human Rights Watch and in government how much faith do you
1: have in in these international treaties well oh well, in the, well actually the International Covenant on civil and political rights and also the Universal Declaration on Human Rights uh, They are good international treaties, except the interpretation by countries that do not want to talk and think about uh, uh, homosexuality, uh, the interpretation is wrong. So uh, things move very slowly uh, within an international organization like the UN, but they are moving forward. And, uh, for instance, in December, um, there was a joint declaration presented by Argentina and stimulated by uh, france and the netherlands and a core group of countries also gabon in africa was one of them and those uh... sixty six in total uh... they called for ending discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity this was for the first time in sixty years that at the general assembly of the u.n um uh, people talked about homosexuality it was great And, of course, this is not a binding um, resolution, but it is a statement, an opinion. But still, uh, it was for the first time that 66 countries called upon the rest of the world to stop uh, discrimination. And then uh, we tried to get the United States uh, involved. Uh, This was still under the Bush era, and the Bush administration refused to sign the statement. But fortunately... Obama decided to sign up, so a few weeks ago the US is also uh, signing on this uh, statement, so there are now 67 countries, and we are slowly moving forward. Human Rights Watch tries to persuade other countries as well to sign on the statement, and hopefully next year um, we might introduce a new statement or, um, well, use the statement. to governments to say, well, listen, you signed a statement, but now you have to really end discrimination in your country, because signing a statement is one thing, but really ending discrimination and protecting uh, homosexuals uh, against discrimination is another thing. So we can use the statement as a moral obligation of those countries, those 67 countries, who have signed to improve the situation.
0: Boris Dietrich, I told you I would keep you for uh, twenty-five minutes, and my clock says twenty-five minutes and twenty-eight seconds. So I, think you s- <laughs> I <think laughs> thank you. I thank you. Thank you very uh, much. Could you just give uh, give out some websites? I know you've got a website, and uh, maybe give out the Human Rights Watch uh, website for listeners.
1: Okay, sure. Well, my name is Boris Dietrich. I have a personal website: www.borisdietrich.nl, nl. And Dietrich, you spell D-I-T-T. R-I-C-H, and the Human Rights Watch's website is www.hrw.org.
0: And it's been an honor to have you. And uh, Well, my pleasure, really. Thank you so much, and have a good flight.
1: Thank you so much, and I would like to say hello to all your listeners. Take care. Thank you very much for having me. Take care. Bye-bye.